just welcome you this morning. It's going to be a great day. It's such a great family day today. Child dedication, baptism, and then a family day picnic after. Are you all ready for a great day? Amen. Glory to God. We just welcome you this morning to Boomerang Church, a house of love and prayer, living in His glory and abundance, winning souls and making disciples for Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Are you ready? I'm so ready. <laughs> Turn around and tell somebody hello. Welcome to Boomerang this morning. We are so glad to have you. Thank you, Lord. Hello. Hallelujah. Everybody's so happy. I know. <laughs> hello. I turned and said hey. Huh? I turned hello. and said hey. We welcome you online, and we're so glad to have you with us today. Get an expectation where you're watching from. It's going to be a great day. We really believe that the anointing of God is going to pour through, yes. and you're going to receive something today. Matter of fact, you can say it. Say, I receive I what receive God has for me today. today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be amen. seated. Glory to God. you got to readjust. Yeah. <laughs> amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. We, uh, we really missed you last week. We were on vacation, and uh, that was awesome. We needed it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Chris. Amen. Look, he's got like Adidas on and everything. Nice. It's laid to, back family day. Ready yeah. to be with family. I don't have a suit coat today. I know. You're like all I know. chill. I know. I'm, I'm like ready to chill out. Have a good family I didn't day. know what to think when you walked out. I was like, wait. <laughs> Used to, when we first started the church in, in the living room, uh, I always just wore like jeans and a button-up shirt, like untucked and everything, but there was a point where the Lord said, you you need to uh, honor the word that's yeah. coming through you, and I want you to start uh, putting on a suit again, and uh, so I did, and that, we've been doing that since, so it's rare for this, but it, it's a good day, it's a different it day, I'm looking day. forward to family time with you guys, so amen, are you ready? Yeah. Glory to God. So if, uh, I know we've got a list of people that are having their children dedicated today and baptized, and if you are not sure if you're on that list, but you're wanting to be, I don't know where Barrett went, but uh, you can tell, buddy, raise your hand, you can tell them, or George in the back, right there with the white coat, and um, he, the you know, maybe white coat is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Go talk to the guy with the white coat. Yeah, so, uh, anyway, so uh, we just praise God for you, and uh, it's going to be a great day. We want to jump in. We don't want to take uh, too long, but uh, we love you so very much. It's good to see you. We are looking forward to seeing our boomerang family. We missed you last week. Yeah, we did. We were able to watch online. Uh, Buddy preached, and it was awesome. It was really, really good. Yeah. We were... We were sitting there, and I was like, man, the anointing of God is flowing. Yeah. And uh, as he was praying over people, you could see the power of God flowing. And so thank you for handling that. And, uh, man, isn't it awesome that the anointing doesn't just flow through one person in a ministry? Amen. And literally, we want that anointing and the power and the love of God literally to flow through every person that's attached to the ministry. And Amen. so welcome this morning. We're not your average church by any stretch. We're hungry and going after God, but we do see the power of God in demonstration on a regular basis. It puts pressure on our flesh sometimes, our corrupted flesh, and, uh, but uh, yeah, we sing and dance and jump and get excited and all that kind of stuff, but we see cancer fall off of people. That's and we right. see people, people's lives and marriages change 
all the time. Yeah. And so welcome this morning and tithes and offerings time. Amen. Woo-hoo! Love you. I love y'all. I missed y'all. You know what else? You know, it's not just the anointing to preach, but you need to share the anointing for joy. Right? And George did good, but he only had one. And this is the church of the overflow, right? (laughs) So we went to the beach. Praise the Lord. I learned something while I was there. Why does the crab run across the beach? To get to the other tide. Why do we swim in salt water? Because pepper water would make you sneeze. Why did they call the police during the summer beach party? Because there was something fishy going on. And because overflow. What did Pastor and I do when we got to the beach? We celebrated. (laughs) Amen. Jordan lost my notes. I think that was the Lord saying enough. (laughs) I love y'all. God's fun. We are not normal. Praise the Lord. We're family. We're real. Y'all, this is me. Like, you can ask Barrett. This is me. Joni's with her family. We got several people out on vacation or with family. Joni's with her family today. But she works with me, and you can ask her. This just kind of flows all day, every day. Time to be family with each other. Have fun with each other. It's like what Barrett was saying. We celebrate together. We worship together. We praise together. But we're goofy together. And we eat together. And we do life together. That's family. And that's what Boomerang is. We're not the church that just comes and checks a box and I'll see you next Sunday. Like we have ups and downs together. But you know what? As we grow together, our downs get higher than what our ups used to be. And our ups keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was just thinking about y'all this week, just, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I'm fond of y'all. And I was just thinking about y'all this week and just all the blessings that we've seen each one of y'all as you've been here and submitted yourselves to God. You know, it's we're not going to say every day was, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Some days it's like, praise the Lord. And you've got to put it on. But we've watched as y'all have put on goodness and joy and praise and blessings. And it was just, it was such a blessing to just sit and watch the anointing flow through other people last week. And watch as the anointing flowed, y'all responded to the call. And it just, it really blessed me. And I just want to say I love you. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate y'all being family with each other and growing together. And I just wanted to share that. Everybody have their envelope? If you didn't come prepared to give, we give you an envelope regardless because God gives seed to the sower. And this morning, there's all sorts. It's so funny because when somebody like profound or what's the word, public, makes a 
public statement, like, you know, all heck breaks loose and it's everywhere. And tithe is everywhere right now because somebody made a statement about it that some people don't agree with. And so I was just thinking, we talk a lot about offering. We talk a lot about giving. And sometimes I take it for granted maybe that everybody knows what tithe is. So we're going to review the tithe this morning. And I was looking up some information about it, and I knew it, but I wrote it down. Anyways, did you know that the word tithe in Hebrew literally means tenth? Like it's not just, you know, a word that has no meaning. It literally means tenth. And there's so many people that think, well, we're not under the law, we're under grace. Absolutely, we're under the law of grace. We're under God's goodness. We're under God's mercy. He gives us a free will, including your tithe and offering. However, did you know that the tithe was never, like, it was not created under the law? Did y'all know that? The tithe predates the law. It came, it started with Abraham, the father of what? Are you faithful people? Are you the seed of Abraham? That means we should do like our daddy does. Be a faithful person. He gave because God protected him and God blessed him. And he wanted to pour out a tithe to the then king, Melchizedek. Did I pronounce that right? Hot dog. Can't do much English correct, but I did Melchizedek. Of course, we may get there and Melchizedek go, no, you jacked that all up. So in Genesis 14, 18, and 18 through 20, it says, And Melchizedek, the king of Salem and a priest of God Most High, brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had received. He was overflowed with goodness. He was overflowed with blessings. And Melchizedek said, you are blessed because your God has provided for you. Your God has protected you. And the very first tithe we see is right here when Abram basically said, you're right. I am so abundantly blessed. I need to just pour out of that blessing. And he took a tenth of everything that was his increase. Tithe means a tenth of your increase. So when somebody gives Abigail ten tacos, a tenth of her tacos is one taco. And she ties that taco to mama. Where do y'all think she got her love of Taco Bell from? But it's a tenth of the increase, and that's what we saw Abram do here. He was abundantly blessed. And then we see it again in Genesis 28, 20 through 22. Then Jacob made this vow, If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I've set up will become a place for worshiping God. And I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. You know, when I first read that, 
in my, you know, judgmentalism, let's just call it what it was, I was like, what a brat. What do you mean if God does this and if God does that then? I'm like, I was so judgmental. I'm like, I cannot believe he just did that if. Clearly God is God. Just bless God. But, you know, God said, I tell you to test me. I mean, it's after Genesis, but in this little book called Malachi, where he talks about the tithes and offerings, God says, test me now in this and see if I won't do it. He's like, come on, let me at it. Let me show you what I can do. And that's what we see right here. Jacob offered, because clearly we know what happened. God is good all the time. So God protected him. God provided for him. God blessed him. And Jacob offered up God a tribute. And that's what tithes and offerings is. It's a way to say, God, I trust you. Everything I have is yours. Those clothes you're wearing, even if you made them, yours. Even if somebody gave them to you, yours, right? By God. God's the one that blessed you with everything that's yours. And with tithes and offerings, we say, Lord, you're too good. You are too good for me to not pour out my blessings and love on. You are too good for me not to bless. No, I'm not under the law. I don't have to give tithes. Y'all hear that? You don't have to accept God's word, to accept God's goodness, to accept God's love, to accept God's way of doing things. You don't have to do that. God gives us all free will. Otherwise, we would just all be saved, right? He gives everybody free will. But he tells us in his word and in Malachi, but when you tithe, I will pour out my blessings upon you. I will destroy the destroyer. I will protect you. You see, everything God does is for you. Y'all really think God needs my dollar two ninety-eight? I mean, really. Let's say a million two ninety-eight. Y'all really think God needs that? I mean, that's like gravel on the streets of golden heaven. He doesn't need anything I have. But he longs for my love. He longs for my faith. Without, without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's what this is. So, Father, today we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for showing us that the tithe is to bless us. And the tithe is how we show our love to you. Lord, you are so good. You have blessed us with so much, Lord. Whether we're living in a cardboard box or a mansion on a hill, Lord, we're alive. There's breath in our body, which means there's opportunity for your blessings to flow more and more each day. And Lord, with every fiber of our being, we honor you. Lord, we bring our tithe and obedience to your word, not because we have to, but Lord, because we long to pay tribute to you. We long to show you our love. 
You tell us, those who love me obey my commandments. And you call money the least. Father, we love you. We will obey your commandments that were set up to bless us. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you that you are a good, good Father. And thank you, Lord, for overflowing us. Holy Spirit, we just ask for your leading. What you would have us to give in our offerings today, we give the tenth and tithe. But out of our abundance, we long to pour into you. Lord, we do this in joy. We do this in love. Because it's in joy and love you pour into us. Father, I pray over each and every person here, each and every person watching on live stream. Father, I thank you that you have blessed them with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Not every blessing on earth, every blessing in heavenly places. Lord, I thank you for those blessings. I thank you for the blessing of their seed. That they're loving on you. And Lord, I thank you. You are such a good ditty. You multiply the seed of the sower. Thank you, Father, that you pour out a blessing to them. So big that they have to overflow. It's what they were created to do. They were created to be a vessel of your goodness and love. Thank you, Father, for making me a vessel of your goodness and love. And I thank you, Lord, that you have blessed this tithe. You have blessed this offering and called it holy. You have called it blessed. And you multiply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Bring your seed to Father. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that you've given us, this seed time and harvest, Lord. We thank you for the, the, the multiplication that we're going to have, Lord. Let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over, Lord. Let a harvest come quickly, quickly, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Let each person give according to your word, Lord. We thank you for it. We give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. You may be seated. How's everybody doing? Are you in expectation of a good day? Glory to God. Glory to God. I have a list of children that are being dedicated list of people that are being baptized. It's just awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I, uh, it's funny, we were on the way uh, home last night, and uh, Nicole was reading, she said, oh, tomorrow is uh, National Parents Day. And uh, so today is National Parents Day. And I, I was like, well, isn't that something special? She said, it's also National drive through Day. I was like, well, that fits, you know. <laughs> Good parent knows how to go through a drive through It's, you know, and the people that make these things up, they, they're not always Christian. And, and she was saying, it's also National Tequila Day. And, and I was like, yeah, that, 
I, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> so don't recommend that, but I get it. I get it. <laughs> Have kids, they said. It'll be great, they said. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> and um, so anyway, I know uh, every parent can relate uh, to that, at least in a little bit. But uh, Nicole said, you know, today we're having child dedication, we're having baptism. And uh, Nicole said this, this, she said, this is what your message should be tomorrow. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, spare the rods, pull the child, amen, dunk them, let's eat, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, there you go, we're done. And after all of that, I feel like the next order of service is, let's pray for a few minutes, invite the Spirit of the Lord in here. (laughs) Father, we just praise you, and we worship you, and we invite you into this place, and we thank you. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Lord, what an honor it is to have children made in your image and likeness, and have stewardship of them. What an honor, Lord, to make a commitment to you today in baptism. Father, what an honor it is simply to have spiritual family. And Lord, we thank you for spiritual family. Your word says that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation, no variableness, or shifting shadow. Lord, your spiritual family and our physical family, they are good gifts from you. And Lord, we just choose right now to take a few moments and just thank you and worship you and give you the glory and the honor. These are not things that were just promised in that way. They came from you, from your goodness, from your grace. And Lord, we worship you for it. We thank you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. I'll tell you today, I don't know, you know, I don't know everybody who's here and everybody who's signed up, but if in the middle of it, and you know what, we want to dedicate our child today, you're welcome to do that. If in the middle of it, you say, I need to get baptized today. We actually have extra clothes, uh, so you can do that. Even if you didn't come prepared, you'll just see George at the back and uh, just ask somebody about that. So even if you didn't come prepared, you can have that today. We, we, we have it prepared for you. And uh, almost every time we've ever had a baptism, there's generally been somebody who says, you know what, today I need to commit to the Lord. And uh, so anyway, if that's you, just you know, talk to him and talk to George back there. You know the one with the white coat. And um, so, amen. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 through 31. When we look at our creation and talking about children and looking at our creation, and I'm talking to people who are already parents, but also people who will be parents as time goes on, uh, you want to understand what were we created to do? Why, Why are we here? What are... What's going on? What in the world is going on? Why are we here? And one of the soonest, the quickest looks that we have at it is Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 through 31. Let's just read that. It says, then God said, who said it? 
God said it. So we're not talking about just a man saying, oh, this is a good idea, I think this will work, right? We're talking about God. God had a plan, God had a mission, God had a purpose, God had a vision. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You have dominion over the creeps. Amen. Keep that in your back pocket. Hallelujah. You got dominion over the creeps. All right. <laughs> Good job. Amen. Glad you caught that. All right. Let us make man. So one of the first things that you see is basically God made us to be like him. To walk like him, talk like him, act like him. Now not only are we supposed to receive that for ourselves, but we're supposed to receive that for our kids. Our kids are designed to look like God, walk like God, talk like God, be like God. In other words, you literally see that God designed us to walk on this earth as a light like he is the light, so that when people see these things, their life is changed because they are illuminated with the goodness of God, the love of God, the power of God, and things change. Many times people are so... I was actually talking to somebody last night that I'd met uh, doing some business online, and they, they said, so are you a pastor? Uh, and they didn't know it ahead of time. And in the, but there were certain things they saw. I said, yeah, I am. And this person was really frustrated with the church. Uh, they, were, they were sitting there and, and overall not really attending or doing anything. And part of the reason is because the people of God and the children of God are not acting like they're created. They're not, they're not acting like the light of God in this earth like they're supposed to be. And because of that, people are looking for something real. They're looking for something powerful, and they don't see it. They don't see it. And so it's like, you know, I thought he was supposed to be big. I thought he was supposed to be powerful. And, I, and let me just say this. The church has become so below average, so subpar, that anybody that has any hunger for God at all stands out. Well, that shouldn't be the case. You know, I'll see people sometimes, they'll get on fire for God, and I'll think now, that's just normal. That's just, they're being illuminated. That's just normal. That's not, they're not necessarily called to be a pastor or an apostle or prophet. They're just a normal believer, hungry, carrying the power of God, carrying the love of God. That's what they're created to do. Whether they're ever an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, a normal believer, Mark 16 shows this, those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, they'll cast out devils. That is what normal believers do. Not just people that are in the office of an apostle or prophet, evangelist. They should be carrying it too, but many people are not carrying it. And so you've got people that are designed in the supernatural, for the supernatural, and with a heart to the supernatural, and then they go to church and everything's natural. And, and they're like, well, I was looking for something else. And they might not get it, it might be subconscious that this is happening, but they're like, where's this great big loving God? Where's this powerful God? We're supposed to be the kind of people where cancer melts off of people. 
you know, where fibromyalgia completely disappears, where, where Parkinson's falls off of people, where diabetes is quenched in their body. We're supposed to be the kind of people that know how to put down our flesh and have a marriage that looks heavenly, that we discipline ourselves, but we've lost this. We, in, in the American church, truthfully, in the American church, we've turned church into a marketing business and, you know, well, I love my church. Well, I love my church too. But I don't love my church more than I love God. I love God. And, and I love my church, but I don't worship my church, my local church I go to. It's a part of God's plan, but we love God. That's what makes it a good church. I love God enough to put my flesh down and walk like God walks. That means when you get to a real church, there's going to be things that probably irritate your flesh. There's going to be times where you're challenged, right? This church is all about that, and most of y'all know that. You've been challenged by it. You've been challenged and stretched by those things. Where, you know, I was telling somebody not too long ago, I said, the people that, that enjoy this are people that are hungry for more, and they're tired of the status quo. They are tired of average. They're, they're done with average. I'm ready to be what God called me to be. And if they're not ready for that, this church will probably irritate them. But that's actually what a church should do. Because a church should be helping you to put down the comforts and the habits of a corrupted flesh and rise to a spiritual place walking in the spiritual things of God. Why? Because we're made in his image and his likeness, to look like him, talk like him, think like him, act like him, be a light like him in this earth, so that not only can our own homes and families be illuminated, but we can illuminate the people around us as well. That it just makes a difference. And it shouldn't just be here, you know, on, it shouldn't just be on Sunday morning. It's supposed to be every day of the week, every minute of the day, every second of every minute. We're supposed to be carrying something. The kingdom of God is within you. While we were on vacation, there's a pastor, I want to say close by, but they were two and a half hours away. And they found out we were there, and they said, we want to come see you. We want to come hang out with you. So last Saturday, they drove two and a half hours in the morning. They spent all day with us, and then they drove two and a half hours back home just so they could spend some time with us. Why, now, why would they do that? Because they're hungry for something. They're hungry for something. Now, I want you to see this. We didn't have a church service. We weren't sitting there, and we didn't, like, listen to worship music for, for two hours. But, and then at the end of the day, we prayed for them. Right there in the, in the place where we were staying, we laid hands on them. And, and right in that room, like, we had gone, you know, we ate ice cream. Like, it wasn't, like, super holy. We fasted all day, right? We had ice cream and coffee and fun, and then we prayed for them. Well, guess what happened? We weren't in a church service. It wasn't Sunday morning. There were, we, that you know, prerequisite wasn't there. All of a sudden, they're standing there. I lay hands on him. He goes, woo, woo, woo. The power of God hits him. I was like, just sit down right here on the couch because I didn't have catchers. So, But we're supposed to carry the power of God. And if the only time the power of God flows is on Sunday morning, there's a problem. It's supposed to be every believer all the time, and we're supposed to do that. We prayed for her, the joy of the Lord hit her. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that 
we're not supposed to live a natural life. We're called to live a supernatural life. And not only are we called to live that, but our children are called to live that. Our children are called to live supernaturally. If the parents don't have the vision for that supernatural uh, vision for their child, then that child is going to have to jump a lot of hurdles to be who God called them to be. So if you want to give your kids a head start, live a supernatural life yourself and teach them how to live a supernatural life that looks like God, feels like God, acts like God, thinks like God, speaks like God. Amen? Get it in you because you can't impart to them what you don't have. You can't do that. So get it in you so that your kids, it'll be easy for them. They grow up and it's normal. It's normal. I love our super kids. I love when I get reports back from our super kids. Mom or dad goes, oh man, I, I hurt myself. And the kid goes, let's pray. And mom or dad's like, oh, 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 oh yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know. But the kids, they're full of faith. You know, like a child, right? That's the way we're supposed to be even as adults, even though we've gone through a lot of logic and learned a lot of logic of the world. We're supposed to be faithful too. I love it when our kids are like, let's pray for that. God will heal it. And the parents are like, God, I hope so. Like, like, I hope he comes through. You know, and the kids are like, no, he'll do it. If we would only be like that. See, they're closer to their making. They haven't been corrupted with the world's thinking. We need to renew our mind to our making and get away from the world's thinking on these things. You know, we, we have this idea like, well, I, I know you believe in that, but, you know, there's a reality of the world. Jesus overcame the world. There's a bigger, there's a higher reality. There's a higher reality. By his blood and in his name, there's a supernatural life. If I keep preaching like this, we are never getting through these notes. All right. So Genesis 1, 26. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. Now, let me just show you something. When he put us and made us in his own image, it should show us at least an indicator of ownership. In other words, he made us in his own image. There's an ownership of the image that we should yield to God. We should allow God to have an ownership of what we look like and act like and think like. Now, the truth is, we've been taught by the world, well, I'm going to do what I want to do, and my truth is how I said it and everything. That's completely ungodly. It, will, it, is, it is a trap. You know, it's a, huge, it's a huge pit to fall into where you just think that I believe what I want to believe, and my truth is my own truth. That is actually devilish, satanic in nature, and what you'll find is there's always garbage that goes along with it. We should give God ownership of the image that he created us in and yield to him as, as he is our God, as he is our Lord and the director of our life. Well, shouldn't, if we're supposed to do that, wouldn't it be easier for us, for our kids, if we just started at that place with them? 
What if they started and they never were taught anything but yielding themselves to the Lord, that that was normal, and they never had to fight the flesh and come again? How many things would you have liked to, now that you've learned some stuff about the Lord and the blessings of the Lord and the traps of sin, sin is pleasurable for, the, for a season, but the wages of sin is death. How, how many of you would have liked to just skip over all of that and just be godly because that was what was normal? Parents, we have the opportunity to help our kids jump and skip all the garbage and step right into an image made like God. Then verse 28, God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which is, uh, has the fruit yielding seed and it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life. In other words, I've given you a dominion over these things and I'm expecting you to take the blessing of God and multiply it in your family, in your home, and across the earth. And I would say what that means to us as a church, Boomerang, is it's not okay just to have the blessing of God in here on Sunday morning. We're supposed to take it into our community and release that light and the love of God and have dominion over a city and over a county. This is a godly county. This is a godly city. My neighborhood will be godly. My neighborhood will be protected because we live there and we've put the light post of God up and my neighbors will be blessed because I'm blessed. They might not know you, but they'll say, why are we blessed and why are you so blessed? These are, these are parts of God's plan and his design. They've been overlooked and the devil's basically told all of us, you're nothing, you're not worth anything, you can't do anything. God, maybe he will, maybe he won't, and all of that is lies. There's an authority, there's a blessing, there's the power of God that you are designed to carry and release. And if anything else, if there's no one else that we make sure that we impart it to, we should impart it to our kids. In verse 31, God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. There was evening and morning the sixth day. So our design by God is to carry the blessing of God and to be a light, and our children are designed to be that too. Parents, you should see your children as carriers of the light of God, and let's do everything that we can possibly do to increase that and make that way and that path for them easier than ever before. And what that basically means is create a heavenly, godly environment in your family and in your home and make sure that it is seen to and adhered to. And I'll tell you some more about that in a second. Next thing I want you to see is that when we follow God's plans, God has good plans if we will walk with him. Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5 says this, Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
I knew you. Even before you got to the womb, I knew you. But I formed you in the womb. And before you were born, I consecrated you. He's talking to the prophet uh, Jeremiah. He says, and I've appointed you a prophet to the nations. Do you see that God knew Jeremiah and had a plan and a vision for his life before he was even formed in the womb? He saw him, he knew him, and he had a plan and vision for his life before he ever was even born. Your children have a plan and a vision of God. And, and our job as parents is to help them see that and have it manifest in their life and not be held back. Help pave the way and make it easy. Make the road straight. Make it easy to run on. Don't make it with trips and pitfalls and, and all of the stuff. Get that stuff out of the way. Get it out of the way. Nicole and I were talking last night. I feel led to, to share some of this with you. Nicole and I were talking last night, and when we first got, when we first got married, um, I mean, we were both born again, but we didn't have things right, like many of us have been in that way. And there was one point, she had, she had grown up, I had not grown up around a family that drank alcohol a lot. Um, my family, my dad was a pastor, but then in my teenage years, my parents got divorced, and I didn't, I didn't grow up around that. That wasn't normal for me. I was not used to seeing people drunk or passed out or anything like that. But then, as time goes on, after my parents get divorced, it's like, you know, pressures of life. We're newly married. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd been drinking for a while. Uh, I was drinking before I went into the Marines, and then the Marines had picked up. And, uh, you know, those go all out type thinking and you're around all these crazy guys and but then it picked up and then then alcohol became like a crutch and I, I wouldn't have said it then because I didn't know but looking back on it I would say I was an alcoholic I mean I was just straight up and down an alcoholic and one of the things that I found was when we get when we got newly married you know I'm under pressure like, I don't know, I'm working my guts out, I'm doing everything I know to do, but we're not making any money, we're not getting by. I have a new wife, you know, we're believing God for a family and stuff like that, and I have all the pressure, all the pressure of bringing things about, and that pressure created a fear, and the more alcohol I had, the more I didn't feel that fear. I didn't feel it. And so I would go to substances like alcohol, I'd, I'd really never really did any types of drugs on a regular basis outside of alcohol and nicotine. And, but alcohol was, I, I did that one a lot. And here I am, and there was one time where I drank, and I'm just like numbing the fear in my life that I don't have what it takes. I'm numbing that fear with alcohol. Well, all I, you know, knowing now what I would say is, God, all I had to do was get in the presence of God, and he'll take that. In love, perfect love casts out all fear. You know, in fear, in love, there is no fear. And so I could have gone in him. I could have had the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost wipe all that away, been strengthened, and not had the dry mouth and the headaches and, and all of the hangover stuff that, and all of the damage that it does in that way. 
And so I was, it hit me, because we've never had this conversation, but as we were driving home last night, we had it. Her background was different, because she grew up in a family that did have alcohol, and she did see all of these problems, and she saw the drunkenness, and she saw all the different things. And, you know, as a kid growing up, that's what she saw. I didn't see that. But what hit me last night in the conversation, there was one one time where literally, y'all may have a hard time even picturing this, but I literally drank myself, I I drank so much one night, I I decided to go to the bathroom, and while I'm going to the bathroom, I completely pass out. It's like the middle of the night, it's not like at the end of the night. And I completely pass out, and they hear thump come and find me passed out in the floor. Now the reason I say that is this, with having a background where she came from, and all of a sudden now she's newly married, and she walks in and hears her husband, new husband, on the floor pass out. Can you imagine all the fear that's going through her mind of what have I started? Is this going to stay the same as what I grew up with? This thing that I always wanted to escape, now I'm right back in the same cycle. And you know, you have that, you have that thing where it's like, you know, a daughter's basically marry somebody just like their dad, you know, and, and, and a lot of times guys will marry somebody just like their mom. There's that fear that these problems will be there in our marriage too. My point is this. I, I realized last night you know, I didn't realize, I always hated that moment. It was like one of the worst moments of my life because I realized this is not where I want to be. This, and it was, a, it was a moment where I woke up. This is not where I want to be. But what I realized last night was the level of fear that my actions opened up in he, her in that moment. That to her, she had this new level of, will this never end in my life? So at that moment, am I helping her to move forward in godliness or am I bringing about fear? What's happening there? Am I creating a path towards godliness or am I creating a path where she has to put down fear and and doesn't know what's going on? Obviously, God has moved and our lives are totally different. Like We we don't even look, look the same now and praise the Lord. It's Him. He's the one who helped do all that. But was I creating a path for her and our future children in that moment to walk in the image and likeness of God? Or was I creating a path of fear to keep my whole family in bondage? And these are the things that we want to look at. When we're dedicating our children, we want to make sure it's really not... We want our children to be dedicated and blessed But that starts with us dedicating our heart. It starts with us dedicating ourselves to the Lord. Because if I would have continued on that path, do you think our children would have had an easy path to godliness and being the light of God? No, it wouldn't have been. If I would have continued on that, it wouldn't have been that path. It would have been a very difficult path. They would have had so many hurdles to overcome because of that. Time goes on. I, I slow down, stuff like that. But 
now we, we have kids, and I remember sitting there one day, and, and I wasn't drinking like crazy, but I still hadn't given it up completely, or maybe I quit a thousand times. You know how that goes. And I'm sitting there one day, I remember, I remember the day, and I had a beer in my hand, and I just saw it, and I looked down at this beer, and I got, we got Abigail and Rachel, and we're, we got a call of God on our lives, and we're fighting. I'm in this tug of war back and forth between, you know, minister for God and, you know, have fun in the world. And the Bible tells us don't get entangled in the things of the world, but I remember looking at that beer, and I looked at it in my hand, and I said, I don't want my kids growing up with this. I don't want my kids growing up with this. I just don't want them. And I made a decision right then. It's like, Lord, I'm, I'm done with this. I dedicate myself to you so that my kids can walk on the path that they should walk on. And so for adults... We, we need to, you know, kind of have a come-to-Jesus meeting because some, it may be alcohol, it may be some different substances, but some people, it's just dealing with fear. You create an atmosphere of fear at your home. God's not in that. Some people, it's always run to, you run to everybody else first besides God, besides God. Run to the medicine cabinet before you even pray over something. Right, And we want to create an atmosphere of, Lord, I trust you, I see you, and I'm going after you because I want my kids to grow up in a faithful place so that their path is smooth and straight. And I'm putting these things down, not only because I love my kids, but God, because I love you. I love you. And we have to make a choice and a commitment. And this baptism that's coming up in a few minutes it's a commitment. It's saying, you know, we've lost the art of making a good decision in America. We've lost the art of making a commitment. When you have the majority of marriages ending in divorce today, you can see we don't know what a commitment is anymore. We don't know what diligence is. We've got to learn to make good decisions. I call it this. It's a keep the receipt mentality. Keep the receipt because it's like, well, it doesn't matter if I don't actually like it. I'll just take it back and get my money back. But the thing is, we're setting up a precedent where we never make a good decision. Because we just think, oh, I'll just annul that decision. And there's something. And, and who, who hasn't made some bad decisions? <laughs> right. I thought I was talking to the right crowd. We've all made bad decisions. I've made a ton. A ton. I have people, sometimes they'll be like, I just can't picture you doing that. I was like, you didn't know me then. <laughs> you didn't know me. Y'all have no idea how many bad decisions this guy has made. You are looking at the mercy of God. And I know that's true for most everybody. You are looking at the mercy of God. Done stupid stuff. Dumb, ignorant, the fact I'm alive is a miracle. Many times over. But it's time for us to say, you know what? See, we all want to pick on the Israelites coming out of Egypt. It's like, how stupid for them not to go into the promised land. How much has God done for us for us not live for him? Can you see? 
And if we don't create that atmosphere with our kids, they're going to have to go through the same stuff. I don't want that. I want it to be easy. I want it to be light for them. And I want to give myself to the Lord in that way. Not only that, but if I make good decisions and I'm carrying the weight and the glory of God, doesn't that make it easier for you to do the same? Doesn't that make it easier for you to do the same? Doesn't that make it easier? If y'all saw a pastor out there just, just messing up all the time, y'all be like, well, pastor does it. I see pastors all the time these days. They'll, they'll show a picture of them sitting at a table in a restaurant with beers right in front of them. They're drinking them. They're like, and they're so relevant. No, you're evil and wicked. Thinking that that's okay. You think that you becoming more like the world makes you more godly? No. We've got to make some good decisions as believers. Uh, do we have fun? Oh my goodness, this group right here, we'll go to a restaurant. I know the waiters and waitresses think we're drunk half the time. It's just the joy of the Lord. I'm like, I mean, we'll be in a restaurant and people are laughing and giggling and falling out of their chairs and having a blast. And they're like, that's a church group? Like, what'd you put in their tea? I know they're thinking that all the time. We have fun. We have a blast. I mean, sometimes y'all have embarrassed me. I'm like, oh, who's, whose church is that? I don't know. You know, we have a blast. The joy of the Lord is great. We don't, you don't have to have a mixture of heavenly things and worldly things to get there. God has enough. And the question is, why do we feel like we need that from the world when we have God? There's something missing. There's a revelation that we don't have. There's something that's missing in those pieces. We need him, and we need to create that. It's not just for our own family and for our own kids, but it's for the people that are around us as well. I feel led to, to share this with you. I don't know that I've ever shared this publicly, but I can remember... I forget how old they were, but Abigail was old enough to know. And uh, I was, you know, when I was young, I hated the taste of beer. I hated the taste of beer. I, I would say, well, I probably shouldn't say what I would say then. Um, I just thought I hated the taste of beer, and I thought it tasted, you know, horrible. But then I got used to it, and then I started liking it. And then, you know, <laughs> then it's like you start longing for things because you get a taste for it and everything. And we were on vacation one time years ago, and um, I thought, golly, you know what, I'd like, I'd like, a, I'd like a beer. And I was like, but I'm not going to have alcohol. i tell you what, I'll get a non-alcoholic beer, and I'll order that. And... Uh, that way I'm not having the alcohol and everything. We're on vacation. We're out of town. I got a story about that too. Funny thing, funny thing. One year we were on, all these things happen on vacation. This is interesting. Um, huh? It didn't this time, yeah. So there's a, one of the things, be careful, be mindful about relaxing in the flesh and relaxing your spirit at the same time. Some of the most dangerous decisions I've ever made is when I was tired and I didn't need to relax. 
but I drop my spiritual guard at the same time. Be mindful of that. That's a dangerous place because you feel like I deserve to relax. Isn't this a great child dedication message? <laughs> it's not, not the norm. I told you we weren't the norm from the beginning of the service. So we're going to be led by the Holy Ghost. You, when you get tired in the flesh, it's very easy to drop your diligence in the spirit because you feel like you deserve a rest, and maybe you do deserve a rest, but, but that's when the devil says, yeah, drop your spiritual guard too, and then as soon as you do, he'll zap you, right? So you want to be mindful of that. Some of the worst decisions I've ever made cost me big time. When I was tired, I've been working hard for the Lord, dropped my guard in the flesh, but I also dropped it in the spirit. Don't do that. So here I am on, on a vacation one time, and I'll come back to the story about Abigail. I'm on vacation. We're out of town. It's uh, three hours away. It's at the beach. And, um, you know, we go to the grocery store on the very first day to get our groceries. And we're walking down the grocery store, you know, and uh, all, it's hot outside. We're on vacation. And I thought, man, I sure would like a beer. Sure would like a beer. And I'm going down the aisle, and I see some. And I'm like, And I thought, we're on vacation. Nobody knows us here. I could just grab some, and we could have, you know, y'all think pastors don't have these thoughts. <laughs> that's not the way it works. It's not like you become a pastor, magic, oh, you're holy. You know, that's not the way it works. It doesn't work like that. No, there's the flesh. It's still the flesh. It's still corrupted, and it, and it longs for things it shouldn't long for. It's pleasurable for a season. Sin is pleasurable for a season for everybody, not just non-pastors. And so I'm walking, I see the, you know, the alcohol aisle, and I'm like, oh, we could get somewhere on vacation, and, you know, nobody knows us or anything. I was like, no, character does the right thing even when nobody's looking. I'm not getting that. I literally, I turned the next aisle, and right in front of me is somebody from this county next to us that knows me, knows I'm a preacher, and I could, and, and my brain went, oh, praise God. Can you imagine me with, with the six-pack like? You know, the Forrest Gump wave. And go on, you know. And uh, let me tell you, this is a person. This is a person that had I done that, had I done it, it would have been all over Facebook. They would have told everybody. You'd have, you'd have had on Facebook, local pastor grab six-pack on vacation. It would have been there. This is that type of person. I, I know it. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I listened to the Holy Ghost right then. Because this was after we started the church. You know, This is after that. There's temptations you have to put down and you have to be led by the Spirit. What are we talking about? We're talking about creating an atmosphere that's easy for other people to run after godliness. Especially our kids. Especially our kids. The thing that really hit my heart 
this morning when I was praying over the child dedication service is stewardship. Parents, we have a stewardship over our over some beings that were created in the image and likeness of God that happen to have a connection to us called our children. We have a stewardship. And we need to steward that gift well. We were on another time on vacation, and I forget how it's been a while, but I, like I said, I wanted to, I felt like tasting a beer, so I decided to get a non-alcoholic beer, and uh, they brought it to the table, and they said, I mean, it still looks like alcohol if you've just seen it from a distilling the bottle, you know, looks like it, the brown bottle and everything. They set it in front of me with the glass and poured it in the cup, looks like beer, you know, smells like beer, all that kind of stuff, tastes like, tastes like it just has less alcohol in it. Abigail, and the Lord's been bringing this up to me recently, and now I know why. Abigail flipped out. She flipped out. She was old enough to know this doesn't look right, this doesn't feel right. And like she, I could see the disappointment in her eyes. And like it's not alcohol. And then we try. I tried to explain. It's like there's not alcohol. She didn't care. She didn't care. There was a line, and in her mind and in her innocent heart, Daddy, who was her hero, had crossed it. And I remember that day, I never want to do that again. I never want my kids to have to see that or feel that again, ever, even if it's just the taste. And, and the, the issue is, what is it that I'm trying to get? Isn't there something always of God that can feel that need? Why am I relying on something else instead of that? And this is the atmosphere. If you look at any sin, the problem with any sin is we're choosing to make something else the source that should only be God. God's got everything we need. He's got every solution. Why are we making something else the source? We claim to be godly. We claim to be faithful. But we're, we're choosing to believe that I can't get it from God. I have to get it from this source. Now, I'll just tell you right now, if you, if you have you know, any kind of alcohol or substance stuff, for the most part, you know, some people I know some things, but a lot, of, a lot I may not. It's not just about that. It's about what are we making our source and what's the environment that we're creating and why are we creating that environment. We want to make it easy for our kids to run in. Stewardship. I want you to, I wrote this down. God has good plans for all of us if we'll walk with him. And children are a part of that plan and blessing. They're a part of that. A word to parents is this, Deuteronomy 6, 4-7. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength. You must commit, make a decision, make a commitment. Why is, it, why is it that we're so good today at saying something and then two days later throwing it away? We need to get better than that, especially the church. 
If our word, let our yes be yes and our no be no, and when we're, when we're creating that atmosphere, when we're creating that atmosphere, we need to create that around our kids. And, and I'll say this again in a second, but the, the issue is your kids are point blank going to view God the way they view their parents. Your kids are going to view God the way they see their father and their mother. And if we're not people of our word, they'll think God's not that way. If we say one thing and then we change it, they're going to think God will say one thing and change it. And he doesn't. We have to be good stewards. We must commit ourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 17.6 Grandchildren are the crowning glory of the aged. Parents are the pride of their children. Ephesians 6.4 Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. I've watched parents, they just like are provoking their kids and drawing them to anger and like, I'm just doing it because I can almost. Like, don't provoke them. Don't do stuff that just makes them irritated and mad. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. That comes from the Lord. We are stewards of God's children. Listen to this. They were made in the image of God before they were made in your image. They were in the, the, we were known before the foundation of the earth. Your kids were made in the image of God before they were made in your image. They were saved, your children were saved and blessed by his blood more than they are by ours. You understand that the blood running through our children's veins they may have grown up in a good family with a good background and everything, and that blood can be good. That physical blood, that family blood can be good, but there's a blood that's higher. There's a blood. My blood, Nicole's blood, given to our children, can't save her, but Jesus did. The blood of Christ blessed her more than we could ever bless her with where she was born or what family or what side of town or how much money or how much brain she has. The blood of Christ can reverse all of the curse. We can help some of that stuff, but there's a blood that's higher than just our physical blood, and that's the blood of God, the blood of Jesus. We must be good stewards of our children. They are saved. Our children are saved and blessed by His blood more than they are by our blood. It was very interesting to me. I've always grown up big on families and, and staying together and being tight, but then I saw Jesus where they said, hey, your mom and brothers are outside, and he said, who are my mother and brothers? In other words, Jesus reprioritized, said, these are my mother and brothers, the people that I'm around. In other words, there was something about the blood of Christ that drew together a spiritual family that superseded that physical family. And I realized if I'm going to live by the Bible, I've got to change my thinking towards this. 
Is family important? Absolutely, that's what we're talking about today. But there's a blood that's higher. There's a dedication that's higher than how I think, where I came from. There's a dedication to the Lord and a stewardship to God. In other words, this girl right here and the rest of our kids are more God's children than they even are our own. And I need to see that as a parent and take responsibility for that. And see that I don't have a right to supersede what God had planned in her life. I don't, we don't have a right to supersede that. God had a plan before we even knew her. God had a design before she was formed in the womb. And we never have a right to stick our earthly, corrupted, fleshly thinking hands in that plan and mess it up. But the best thing we can do for her is help her find what did God have for you and let's lift that vision up. Let's take that destiny and let's exalt it and let's push it up and help you to reach it and help you to get everything that God had planned. There's the stewardship. The stewardship of parents. I want to read these verses to you real quick and then... It says, Titus 1, 7 through 9. For the overseer, see, a parent is like an overseer of their child's life. So the overseer must be above reproach. They must be above reproach as God's stewards. Not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, nor fond of sordid gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled. The overseer, the steward, the parent has to be self-controlled, holding fast to the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. How about we grow up in the Word so that when our kids start growing up and asking us questions, we know from the Bible how to answer them, how to point them on the path. One of the things I've found as a pastor is there's so many people that are so confused about who God is. We have all these ideas that the world, and there's no good parents. There's no good spiritual fathers that are able to actually dissect it and show them this is what the plan of God is. And so you've got all these people that are confused. Let's, let's let our kids be the ones that know these things because we help teach them. In other words, I go into the Word and study, not just to make my own life better, but to make the lives around me, my kids' lives better, my neighbors' lives better. 1 Peter 4, talking about stewardship, 10 through 12. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. When you were given kids, you were also given a grace, a supernatural power of God to help those kids grow up to their destiny. And this grace is in the full plan of God. And we have a responsibility to utilize the grace, that supernatural power of God, to answer questions that you never thought your kids would ask you. And you're like, why are you asking me that? How do you know that? I don't know. 
but the grace of God will help you. Can't tell you how many questions have come across. Luke asked something a, a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, ask your mama. <laughs> like, I, man, where did that question come from? But God will give you grace to help you find those answers, answer those, answer those questions. He says, whoever speaks, talking to parents and stewards, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever, and amen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you. When you're stewarding things and you're overseeing things, you're going to have challenges. Don't be surprised by them. Kids are going to offer challenges to you. People around you are going to offer challenges. Don't be surprised by it, but stand strong in faith and the grace of God. We've got to see that no matter what we feel, what we see, what we come across, God has a plan and a grace to give to us. As good stewards to, of our children, we should literally live the example of a loving Heavenly Father that our children really have. Our lives should look like the Heavenly Father. To our kids, they should think God acts like us and we should make sure that our actions look like Him. That's being a good steward. We should act, speak, think, and live like Him. Our children will expect the Father to act like us. If we're always changing our word, they're going to think that the Father does. If we're keeping our word, they're going to believe that the Father does. If we're faithful, they're going to think the Father's faithful. If we're good and loving, they're going to think that. If we're just agitating them, they're going to think that's how God does it. He just does stuff. He's playing a big game up in heaven with all we're just pawns on his board. If that's the way parents treat their children, they're going to think God does the same thing. And these are some of the demonic doctrines that are in people because their parents have not been good stewards. Today as we dedicate children, I want to talk about what dedication is because sometimes people are confused by that. Dedication is not the salvation of your children. They're not going to heaven because they got dedicated today. They go to heaven because they choose to believe in Christ when they come to that age of accountability and they make them the Lord of their lives. A dedication ultimately is a pathway to get them to that place where they make that choice to choose Christ. It's a dedication, Lord, I give you their lives. I dedicate their lives to you by dedicating also my own. A dedication is not salvation or a guarantee that the child will choose God and his ways. In other words, you don't dedicate your kids and then all of a sudden everything's going to be hunky-dory from here on out. No, you still have a job and a responsibility and to teach them and train them up in the way that they should go. A dedication is a correct, godly, and great beginning for their lives. Jesus was dedicated. A child dedication is a worship to God for the gift of children. Parents, today as you're dedicating your child and families that are dedicating these children, this should be a worship. Lord, we worship you for the gift of children in our lives.
sacrifice. We worship you. We didn't have to have this. We thank you for that. A dedication is an acknowledgement that it is God that gives every good and perfect gift. Lord, we didn't have to have this gift of children. You gave us these gifts. God, it was you, and I worship you. It's an acknowledgement that we are the stewards of God's children. I recognize, as a parent, I have a job of stewardship over these kids. It's a prophecy over a child that they will fulfill God's plan for their life. So we're going to dedicate our kids, but then we're going to have each child come up we're going to lay hands on them and bless them and speak the words of God over them, speak words of life as the Holy Spirit leads over their life. A dedication is a choice and a commitment for the family and friends to raise up a child in godly thinking and ways. So I want us to prepare to have the parents and the children to come up if they're going to go get the children and bring them in here. And what I want to do is go ahead and invite the parents and their children to come on up and line up here. We have a Bible, and I believe we have some anointing oil for each parent that they can pray over their kids and anoint them. While they're getting the kids. Huh? What? They're going to line up over here. If, you're, if your child, children are getting dedicated today, come line up over here with Buddy and Serena. They're going to tell you what to do. I believe they're going to bring the kids in here. When we lay the groundwork for our child to run on that godly path, when we lay the groundwork, we help our children not get held down by the world, held down by sin, held down by the traps of the enemy, but we lay the groundwork for our children to run a race with ease and power and strength so that they can fulfill the destiny that God has for them. This is our job as parents, as stewards, of the gifts that God gave us. This is our job, to help them have the life that they are called to have. Fulfill the destiny that God had for their lives before the earth was even formed. To help them fulfill that, so that our kids will stand in front of God. Listen to this. So that our kids will stand in front of God one day and hear. Our kids will hear. Well done good and faithful servant. It, won't that be a beautiful day standing there watching your kids in front of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Buddy, if you want to line them up. All right. First we have Matthew and Tabitha Almond. Um, when I give your names, you can just come forward and stand up here and face uh, the, the audience. Matthew and Tabitha Allman with Ariel, Elizabeth Allman, and Zachary Michael Allman. You guys can stand here. Next we have uh, Ashley Barnhart with Eva Marie Barnhart. You guys can come over here. You guys can applaud. We can celebrate. <laughs> We're celebrating. This is a celebration. We have James Farrell and Sydney Boykin with Anna Dora, Jacqueline Farrell. 
Anador is on her way up. Next, we have Roger Gurley and Jessica Honeycutt with Dalton James Gurley and Lainey Jean Smith. You guys can... We, we have Mark and Amy Presley with Kenley Honeycutt. Amen. Yeah. yeah. George and Barrett Nauer with Caroline Nicole Nauer. We have Dylan and Grayson Pickett with Jocelyn Gray Pickett. And Cohen. Welcome, guys. And then we have Johnny and Holly Shaver with Benjamin Lee Shaver. Let me, let me have y'all slide down just a little bit that way. One more space. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Isn't this awesome? Give my hand. Now, what I'd like to do, I know that some of y'all have some family here today. I'd like for you to take like one step forward. And if you are a part of the family and would like to come forward, you can come stand with them and uh, stand there as a family. So feel free to do that. Amen. What we'd like to do is I want to talk to each one of the parents. Every person. That, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Family, stand there with them. I want to talk to each one of the parents and I want to ask you today to commit, to make a commitment, a real decision like what we talked about. I want to ask you to commit, the family, I'm going to also ask the church family uh, to also commit to you and to your children. And so I want to ask you this, parents, at the end of this, if you agree, just say we do and, and commit with your, with your voice. Parents, do you choose? Commit and declare that you will love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do you, do you commit and choose and declare that you will model before your child faith, hope, and love? And do you commit that you promise to create an environment for godliness to take root? and for godliness to bear fruit in your child's life by proactively praying, worshiping, being founded on God's word, and planting yourself in the body of Christ. If you commit to doing that, you may say, we do. Amen. Parents, by following these commitments, do you dedicate yourselves and your decisions and actions to Jesus and do you dedicate your child to God today? Amen. Glory. Families, families, do you also dedicate yourself to this child's raising up in a godly ways today? Families, amen. And church family, do you also dedicate yourself to this child's raising up in godly ways today? Do you commit to pray for them? Lift them up. Help them run that race that God set before them. Do you? Yes. 
Amen. That's awesome. Father, right now, we just want to dedicate every child that's represented here. Let your blessing be poured out on them in every way. Let your words be over them, protect them, guide them in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite each family up quickly. And uh, if there you go. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Matthew and Tabitha with Ariel and Zachary. Ariel and Zachary. Amen. Y'all come on up. Nicole. Hey, guys. How are you? We just want to pray over you. Come on up close. Amen. Father, we just thank you today. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. And we dedicate Ariel and Zachary today. We thank you for your blessing and your grace that's on their lives. Let the Spirit of God overflow the parents and their dedication to you. Let the anointing of God flow through them, in them, and on them. And Lord, may Ariel and Zachary be blessed in every way in Jesus' name. Lord, let them see your goodness done in their lives. Let it be easy and light and anointed and protect them in every way. And the blessing of God come on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. She's just smiling and happy. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Amen. Love y'all. Love you. You can, you can. That's next, good. That's good. Amen. Next, we have Ashley Barnhart and Eva Marie. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Amen. Father, right now, we just thank you for Eva Marie. Go ahead. Go ahead. We just thank you for Eva Marie, and we thank you for her life. Lord, right now, as Ashley dedicates her life to the Lord and her, her child to the Lord, let her be blessed, let her be strengthened with all your might, your glory and your majesty overflow and fill her in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your blessing being on Eva Marie in every way. Let her be a light of God in Jesus' name. Let everything that would come against her be broken now in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. We got James Farrell, Sidney Boykin, and Anna Dora. Miss Anna Dora. This is a miracle baby. Amen. Glory to God. Hello. And now excelling all the tests, right? Amen. Here, let me have you come around here, Mom. There we go. Hallelujah. And walking. What? Oh my goodness, I'm so pleased for you guys and your dedication, and y'all are getting baptized today, right? Glory to God. Father, right now, let your blessing come on these parents in Jesus' name. Let them be strengthened with all your might and the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God and the anointing of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness, and may your blessing come on Miss Anna Dor. May it overflow. May the light of God flow through her life, through her eyes, in every way. Let people see your light in her, in Jesus' name. Be blessed and protected in every way, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Next we have Roger Gurley, Jessica Honeycutt, and Dalton James Gurley, and Lainey Jean Smith. Dalton and Laney, hello, hello, amen. Here you go, let's have mom and dad stand over here. Hey, 
Dalton and Lenny. You want to step right here? There you go. Amen. So glad to have you all today. I'm excited for you. Father, right now, may your blessing come on them, come on Dalton and Laney in every way, and the peace of God be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for the overflow of your light and blessing and protection in every way. Let them be full of your grace and mercy, full of your life and peace in every way. Amen. <laughs> He's like, I want to get down and play. <laughs> Amen. Bless and be in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Amen. Amen. Mark and Amy Presley and Kenley Honeycutt. Hello. You look beautiful today. <laughs> Amen. Father, we thank you so much for this couple. Thank you for Kenley. We just ask you to bless them. Bless them in every way. Let them know the things that they need to know. Let them be who they need to be as parents and stewards. Lord, let your protection and grace be on Kenley in every way. Let your blessing be on mom and dad. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. And the overflow of your anointing be on her life. Let her see so clearly what is your will and what isn't your will, and be strengthened with all your might to step into it. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We got Barrett and George Nauer and Caroline Nicole Nauer. Hello. <laughs> amen. Here, Father, we just thank you right now for this dedication for mom and dad to be filled with all your goodness and all your grace to fulfill and help Caroline run her race in every way in Jesus' name. Overflow them in the anointing of God. Wisdom from heaven in Jesus' name. Lord, let her see so clearly your will and your grace in every way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your mercy and grace. Thank you for the overflow in Jesus' name. Lord, where her steps go, be with her, on her, around her, and through her. Prepare her steps and her way so that she can flow with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> here, step over here. Amen. We got Dylan and Grayson Pickett and their their family, their clan. <laughs> yeah, their clan. <laughs> Hello. The sweetest kids. We love you guys so much. Hey, dude. What's happening? Give me knuckles. You want to? <laughs> you want to too? <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for these guys. Let your blessing be on them in every way. Let, let the grace of God overflow them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your blessing on Miss Jocelyn. Lord, we dedicate her to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Lord, let them walk with you. Let them see the great and mighty things of you. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your mercy poured out on this family. Your favor and blessing and protection be 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. See you, dude. Amen. And now we have Johnny and Holly Shaver with Benjamin Lee Shaver. Ben! Hey, dude. How are you? You good? <laughs> it's just a grin. Here, have y'all slide over that way. There you go. Good. Thank you, Father. Father, we just pray right now for mom and dad. There's things that they've learned and grown in in the last few years. And Father, may they be able to take Ben to a place that they were never able to before. But through stewardship and dedication to you in their lives, let them help dedicate Ben and dedicate his life to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Strength and grace and the joy of the Lord be in Jesus' name and a happy boy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. At this time, we're going to get people prepared for baptism. Then we're going to jump into our family day picnic. Is that mine? <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, so if you, I think they're going to give you some instructions for baptism. I'm going to let them do that. We'll do that quickly. If you are getting baptized, you guys can head in the back right now, get changed, get all ready. When you're finished, you can line up. And if you are interested in being baptized now, you still can. We are prepared for you. So if the Lord's been moving on you today and you say, today I want to just make my proclamation of faith public, we have stuff for you. So if you'd like to, you see Sherman in the back. But in the meantime, we are going to just worship together because our God is worthy of being praised. What a... what an honor to just celebrate what God is doing in family. So we're going to worship him right now as everybody's getting changed.
Father, we just praise you and worship you today. What a glorious day. Children dedicated to you and for your purpose and in your life. We know that their lives will be blessed. We know that they will be protected. We know, Lord, that they will be anointed in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, shout amen. Thank you, Father, for new commitments today in baptism. We thank you, Lord, for a commitment to you in Jesus' name. Amen. As we, You may be seated. As we finish the baptisms today, I'm going to tell them to go ahead and uh, they can give you an instruction and dismiss and go ahead and head towards the picnic. Uh, but we, won't, we want to uh, do that after the baptisms. In other words, what I'm telling uh, Barrett, George, you don't have to wait for me to come back out there. Just go ahead and handle business. And uh, let's go ahead and move towards the picnic after that. And uh, we just praise God. So amen. Are y'all ready? Glory to God. Come on down here. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Hello. You ready? Amen. He's going to hold that for you okay. so you can, you can talk. You want to tell everybody your name? Sure. My name is Sydney Boykin. Amen. Um, I have been a member of Boomerang for about two years, but I've just increased more and more as time went on in my commitment to the Lord, and the time is right to just stake a claim of His glory in my life, and that I will see it manifest immediately. Amen. Glory to God. Today you're making a commitment. There's a right. marker in your life. Yes. Jesus is the Lord of your life. He fills you. He overflows he you. Amen. You're yes. living everything for him. I am everything. Glory to God. Nothing held back. Amen. Amen. I agree. Yeah. So have uh, one of the things I want to ask you, is there anything else you want to say or give a testimony of? Um, obviously many here know, some don't, that my daughter was basically stillborn. She had no heartbeat, wasn't breathing, um, took them eight minutes to get her innovated. So she herself is a miracle, and it was just the love of God that I saw manifest through that situation that he would save my child, um, and then continue to, to transform me, my husband, my family. Um, I have so much goodness that has just occurred and, and been poured out on me in my life in even the past six months, let alone the past two years of being here. Um, and I expect it to just get better and better as Amen. time goes on. Yeah. And so she was without oxygen for eight minutes, eight minutes. and everybody saw her this yeah. morning that you yeah. dedicated. Right. They told me that she would be, if she lived at all, she would be severely developmentally disabled, and she's tracking at like 11 and 12 months on her, at her nine-month checkup at her <laughs> milestones <laughs> of God. cognition, fine motor, gross motor. She's like ahead of all the other kids. So Hallelujah. Awesome. Amen. Yeah. In God good. Yeah. Glory yeah. to God. Yeah. Well, 
Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the director of everything that you say and do? He is. Amen. Do you believe that God raised him up from the dead? I do. Amen. Do you believe that you're raised up with him yes. in that salvation? I do. Amen. Glory to God. You can step right here and you can, you can cross. You can hold your nose if you want to, whatever you want. Amen. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the name above every name, Jesus Christ, we baptize you. <laughs> Glory to God. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, let your anointing come on her in the name of Jesus. Let it be from this day forward an anointing overflowing her life in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Woo, fellas, help her. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. I think these short sleeve shirts are the way to go during baptism. Usually I roll up the long and they still get completely soaked and run down in here. This, is, this works well. Amen. We have to have a family day every day we have baptism. Did you get, while our next person's coming, did you get something out of the message today? Did it convict you? Yeah, it's, uh, that's always good. It's fun. <laughs> it's good. But let it strengthen you. God's got good plans for your life. Amen. Mr. James. Sydney's husband. Amen. Glory to God. Tell everybody your name. James Farrell. James Farrell. Amen. Glory to God. Do you have any testimony you want to share? Yes, I do, but I'm bad in front of people. <laughs> That's all right. Don't, don't look at them. Just tell it. <laughs> As my wife had said, our daughter was born stillborn. Um, I, in the moment, didn't really see much of any hope in the situation. Um, but all I could do was thank God. Yeah. And minutes later, she, <laughs> she was pulling the tubes they had in her out. <laughs> <laughs> God's doing good things, hasn't Yes, sir. He? He's Very continuing good. to, isn't he? Yes, sir. Amen. I can see it. I can tell it. Glory to God. Today, you're dedicating yourself to the Lord in baptism, making a commitment to him. Let me ask you this question. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and the director? Yes, sir. Do you believe that he died for you and God brought him back to life for you? Yes, sir. Amen. Glory to God. Let's just turn this way. You can cross your arms if you want to, however you want to do. Amen. Father, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, the name above every name, Jesus Christ, Lord, we baptize you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Today is a monumental day. Father, right now, just receive this. In Jesus' name, let your anointing come on James. Let him be strengthened with all your might to do all of your goodwill in Jesus' name. Let him be strengthened with all of your glory and goodness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for helping them. Thank you for being with them. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, James. Amen. Glory to God.
I believe there's one more, Miss Tabitha. That's good filler music. Thank you. <laughs> Is anybody ready to eat? You hungry? Well, I think we have the covered dish. Did y'all bring some good stuff today? You did? That's good. We'll be checking that out in just a few minutes, making sure. Hello. <laughs> Tell everybody what your name is. Tabitha Almond. Tabitha Almond. Do I have any Almond family in here? Yeah. Amen. God's been doing a work in you, hasn't oh, yeah. he? Amen. You want to tell them about it? Well, I mean, I've been in Vermont, but he's definitely already got me out of depression and anxiety. Oh, so. glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You started watching on Lunch Plus and watching the broadcast and uh, kind of felt at home, right? Uh, you know, just by watching. And then you all came and you dedicated your children today, and that's awesome. Amen. God's doing a great work. Amen. Glory to God. Well, the, is Jesus Christ the Lord and director of your life? Amen. And do you believe that he died for you and that God brought him back to life for you? Amen. I do too. I want to tell you before I baptize you, I do believe today is a marker in your life. I think it's a day you'll look back on and say, there's, there's that period of time, that month, and that day when I committed to the Lord, and everything changed. Your life is about to go up. Amen? You believe that? It already has been. I'm talking about it's going even more in Jesus' name. Amen? Glory to God. You can cross your arms or hold your, whatever you, hold your nose or whatever you want to do there. All right, step right here. That's all right. Here, turn this way. There you go. All right. Father, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the name above every name, Jesus Christ, we baptize you. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name right now, let your anointing come on her, her family, and the Holy Ghost work and manifestation be in her life Overflow her, baptize her in the Holy Spirit as well in every way. Her children, her family, her home, Matthew, let them flow in the goodness of everything that you have planned. Nothing held back, nothing missing, nothing broken, all in favor and goodness in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Congratulations. Amen. Is that everybody today? Glory to God. Well, we thank you so much. It's been a beautiful day and a beautiful service. Now let's have some beautiful family time. They're going to lead you. See you in a minute. Amen. Well, it's a good day. Amen. It's been a good family day, and it's still a good family day because we got a cookout going on. It's going to be awesome. Uh, what, what we're going to do is we're going to have some of our volunteers head out, and they're going to start setting things up, and we want to invite you whether this is your first time or your 50 millionth time. I don't think any of you have been here 50 million times. But uh, we want to invite uh, you guys to stick around and uh, spend some time with family and eating good food. Amen? Uh, we also want to let you guys know tomorrow night is ladies' night. Uh, it'll be at the park, City Lake Park. Is it City Lake Park? Okay. City Lake Park at 6 p.m. We want to invite all the ladies to join us. Oh, I said us. I'm not going to be there. But to join the ladies... Uh, for our ladies' night. Um, we also want to let you guys know that, uh, that every single, well, also, there's no youth tonight. We're going to be spending this day just as family. 
Uh, so we will not have our regular youth service at 4 o'clock. Um, but with all that being said, we also want to let you know that we have our daily Lunch Plus broadcast. Every single weekday, uh, we have a powerful on-time word, and we want to invite you to join us for Lunch Plus. Uh, if you need any information about it, you can go to uh, whatsright.com, or you can just grab one of those uh, cards out there on the kiosk, and you can grab one of those, scan the QR code. It'll take you directly to our YouTube channel. But guys, thank you for joining us today, and uh, we want to invite you to, to join us for food and fellowship afterwards. You can hang out, and it's going to be a good time. But we love you guys, and hang out. Amen. I was going to say bye, but we're all sticking around. It's like, you don't need to do that. So love you guys. Thank mm-hmm. you.